Hey, uh, on that note, we'll get into it. We are, we are in a, a study in the Gospel of Luke. We are slowly working our way through, but it's been a lot of fun. Last week, we talked about going fishing. And uh, you will recall, Peter and his friends worked hard all night, and they didn't catch anything. They were very discouraged. And then this guy who knows nothing about fishing shows up and tells them to try again. Reluctantly, they tried again, and they land a huge catch of fish. Of course, the guy was Jesus, and his message to Peter was, hey, Peter, guess what? I'm Lord of life. I'm Lord of your whole life, not just your spiritual life. I'm Lord of your, your, your business. I'm Lord of your relationships. I'm Lord of your health. I'm Lord of it all. And uh, it was a pivotal moment, turning point in the life of Peter. So this morning, we're going to continue in chapter 5. I want to look at what I call a tragically beautiful passage. Uh, We're going to talk this morning a little bit about labels, a little bit about exclusion, uh, a little bit about the radical inclusion of the kingdom of God, and about healing touch. And that's our title this morning. So let us pray, and then we will uh, actually look at uh, a few verses in Luke chapter 5. Father, thanks so much for your word. I pray that you would enlighten the eyes of our hearts today, that we might receive all that you have for us, and we would understand uh, the radical inclusion of the kingdom of God. In your name we pray, amen. All right, Luke 5, beginning verse 12, I believe. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground, and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. One more. And then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to only places and prayed. Jesus is out now with his, uh, you know, newly called disciples. They are traveling from place to place. Uh, Word about him is continuing to spread. Uh, People are hearing about Jesus, and apparently this particular man who is suffering from leprosy has heard about this guy named Jesus. Luke tells us uh, he is covered with leprosy, and so I decided to go ahead and look that up and when it says he is covered with leprosy, it meant he was covered with leprosy. He was full, fully involved. It was uh, advanced stages. The man was desperate. Leprosy uh, is a pretty hideous disease. Uh, it affects your skin, and so it's very visible on one level and can cause some social stigma. But in addition to that, it deadens the nerve endings. And so you can no longer feel... Uh, things, people that suffer from leprosy very often will get injured, uh, either burn themselves or cut themselves or something else, and it kind of adds to their misery because they don't know that they've been injured. They don't know they've been burned. They don't know they've been cut. And so that just gets worse and worse as they go. Until uh, recently, just uh, this last 50 years or so, leprosy was, uh, in effect, a death sentence. Uh, It's highly contagious. And so historically, 
People who suffer from leprosy have been sent away to leper colonies to live isolated from the rest of society. One such colony was on the island of Molokai in Hawaii, kind of a, uh, a tropical paradise for sick people, if you will. And between the years of 1866 and 1969, which is uh, not so long ago for some of us, <clears throat> a few, But over uh, during that time, uh, almost 9,000 Americans were sent to Molokai to live out their lives there in isolation. Little known fact, during that time when someone was sent to Molokai with leprosy, they were also officially declared dead. Even though that person was in fact not actually dead yet, in the eyes of the United States government, They no longer existed, and they were declared dead and sent uh, away to die in isolation with others that suffer from the same disease that they suffered from. Leprosy, uh, though it still does technically exist today, was declared officially eradicated by the World Health Organization in the year of 2000, and though Uh, It was declared eradicated. That doesn't mean it's gone. It just means that there are fewer than X number of cases per thousand people. But it's still very prominent. Certain places of the world, roughly 200 or so cases of leprosy are diagnosed here in the United States every year. As you might imagine, um, in Jesus' day, with uh, little medical understanding at all, there was a tremendous stigma placed on a person with leprosy. There was a, uh, a desperation that came with the diagnosis. You might notice at first just some sores or discoloration on your skin, but eventually once you realize that what you have is leprosy, this desperation rises up knowing that your life has really come to an end then. You really were in some ways like those people that were sent to Molokai. You were alive but already dead you were legally required to stay six feet away from any other person. You had to keep your mouth covered because it was believed that possibly even your breath could infect people around you. On top of all that, possibly, the worst part about the whole thing is that you were required by law to yell, unclean, unclean everywhere you went to warn people of your presence. Unclean. Person with leprosy uh, was sick, but did not, wasn't allowed the care and compassion that most sick people receive. When you're sick, usually somebody takes care of you. Your family takes care of you. Healthcare professionals take care of you. Sometimes just compassionate people take care of you. But leprosy was not like that. No one wanted to take care of a person with leprosy. They wanted to stay as far away from them as they could. So a person not only was physically ill, but they became a total social outcast. You had no friends, no family, no job, no touch, no hugs, no handshakes, no high fives. You never got within six feet of another human being. So, 
this desperate, dying, lonely man takes a huge risk. He's heard about this Jesus guy, and he thinks maybe, just maybe, he'll heal me. You can go to the next slide. Lord, if you are willing, you can clean me. It's interesting to me that his question wasn't as to whether or not Jesus could heal him. I believe he had full confidence that Jesus was able. His question was, is he willing? And the reason that was the question in his heart was simple, because no one else was ever willing to help him. If you're willing, you can help me. It's interesting also to me here, uh, we talked about this before, Luke is very detailed in his writing, and very often, and in fact, in the end of this passage, he mentions again the crowds of people around Jesus. But at this particular moment, there were no crowds around Jesus because they dispersed when the leper came. Unclean. Unclean. And then Jesus does the most amazing thing. You can go to the next slide. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. This is a guy who hadn't been touched in years. You know, you read through the Gospels and you realize that Jesus did not have to touch him to heal him. Jesus uh, healed lots of people with a word. Be healed. They were healed. On a number of occasions, Jesus healed remotely. Boop. Someone would come and say, hey, my child is sick, my servant is sick, somebody at home is sick, and Jesus would say, hey, your faith has made them well. Go, they're better. They didn't even have to be present to be healed. Jesus had all kinds of tricks up his sleeve. He could heal people any number of ways. But when this man came to him, Jesus reaches out his hand and touches him. I just think there's something amazing in the heart of God. Under the law, you were not allowed to touch a person with leprosy. If you touched a leper and or anything that a leper had touched, then you too were declared unclean. You know that we, we actually require touch to live and to be healthy. Did you know that? Did you know that babies and infants that receive more touch and contact with other people are statistically proven to be less violent as adults? Did you know that? Did you know that there is actual economic benefit associated with human touch? Those of you that work in the service industry, I'll give you a little tip. Do you know that if you touch a person on their arm or shoulder while you're serving them, that they'll give you a bigger tip? This is fascinating. If you watch NBA basketball, you'll notice something. That when a guy gets fouled and he has two free throws, he'll shoot the first free throw, he'll make it, and then he'll go like this and slap five with every one of his teammates 
And then he'll shoot again, make the second shot, and then he'll do it again. And I sometimes watch that, and I think that is so ridiculous. It's just overkill. Why do they have to give five every time they make a shot? I'll tell you why. Because it's statistically proven in the NBA, teams that touch each other more often will win more games. Where else are you going to get this? I'm just... Where else are you going to get this? Listen, here's, here's one for everybody, whether or not you're uh, in the service industry and or play NBA basketball. You'll actually be healthier if you get more hugs. People that get more hugs will have lower blood pressure and heart rate and stronger immune systems. So, you know, my encouragement this week is just hug a lot of people. The endorphins that are released in touch are actually more powerful than heroin or morphine. Physical touch is proven to reduce stress, bring about comfort, relaxation, clarity, motivation, and optimism. Your life will be better. Jesus reaches out his hand and he touches the guy. And, you know, it's interesting that We think so much about the physical realm, but when Jesus healed this man, he healed him on so many levels. Emotionally, mentally, relationally, socially. This is a a holistic healing. His entire life changed that moment when Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Jesus... uh, instructs him not to go tell anyone. Now, I don't know why he said that. Here's, a, here's an interesting thing about Bible commentators. Some are honest and some are not. I read about four different commentaries on this. Why did he tell him not to tell anybody? And the honest ones say, we don't know why he said that. The dishonest ones just ignore the question altogether. So we don't know why he said that, but we do know this from Mark's account of the story that the guy didn't listen. He went and told everybody. Which is kind of weird to me because I was thinking about it and I realized whether he told them or not, aren't they going to notice? He had leprosy and now he doesn't. Hey dude, what in the heck happened to you? Oh, I just got a haircut. No, no, you look different. What is it? No, he was completely cleansed immediately, it says. Talk about a buzz. No social media blitz. But do you think that people heard about this? Do you think that the talk around town uh, was significant in relationship to the man that had been cleansed of leprosy? He can make the unclean clean. Now, I... I would imagine that there was a spark of hope ignited that spread amongst people. This guy can heal leprosy. Well, I don't have leprosy. I I have a cold. Maybe he can heal me. I I, I have, you know, just a kind of a common household illness. Maybe, Maybe he can heal me too. And of course, when it says that, people began to come. They began to come to Jesus. They flocked to him. They all came with their own version of the leper's prayer. If you're willing, can you heal me too? As I mentioned uh, earlier, leprosy is fairly rare today. Uh, And as 
differing from the first century, it is, in fact, treatable today when someone does have it. So most of us will not encounter anyone with leprosy in our lifetime, and yet I think every day we are surrounded by people who need to be touched. People who have been labeled unclean, unacceptable, unworthy, unlovable. They don't yell unclean when they approach, but they've been labeled nonetheless. Homeless, gay, addict, mentally ill, mentally ill. People who are different than us, people who are marginalized in society, people of different races, different religions, different cultural backgrounds than us. And the world, and very often, unfortunately, sadly, the church will tell them what they should yell when they approach. I'm dirty, pathetic, sinner, terrorist, worthless, scary guy. How many people are walking around right now with a question in their heart, if you're willing, Jesus, can you heal me? When Jesus touched this man, he changed the labels. Clean, loved, accepted, forgiven, valuable. And that's our job. It's our job today to take labels off of people and to change how they see themselves based on what they've been told. And very often, those labels might be invisible. They're not wearing a name tag that says, hello, my name is unacceptable, my name is unworthy, my name is unloved. But in fact, it's on the inside and they are deteriorating and their emotions may be just as dead as a leprosy's leper feelings. And you got to ask yourself, self, who are those people? Who are the lepers of today? Is it people with AIDS, maybe? Gang members? Immigrants? You want to know the truth? We all are. We all are. Every one of us has a degree of brokenness in our lives. Every one of us wears a label. Every one of us has some sense of disconnect from God and from people. And in some way or another, every one of us is praying that prayer, Lord, if you're willing, can you touch me today too? So Jesus reaches out his hand and he touches this guy and he says, I am willing, be clean. I'm willing, be clean. And his leprosy left him. Let's stand and I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And I'm also going to invite our ministry team to uh, make your way to the sides of the room. I want us to take some time for prayer today. I want to 
pray over you and ask the Spirit of God to come and begin to just uh, give us boldness to begin to... Um, I, I, when I go to meetings at different places and you get those little name badges, you know, I hate wearing those things. I don't know why. It bugs me. So as soon as I leave... I always tear that badge off. Part of it is I don't want to be the, the dorky guy in the restaurant with the name tag on. But part of it is I just don't like wearing those things. And I just want to encourage us today to begin to take off the labels that maybe have been placed upon us.